I'm Russ Tickle, and on today's episode of American Reef, we've got another update to that Paletta Sunlit Tank. So as I said, this episode here is going to be another update to that Paletta 90-gallon sunlit tank. And um, if you haven't seen the episodes to date, just search the, uh, the American Reef channel out on YouTube for sunlit. Um, or if you have uh, an iOS kind of device or an iPhone or an Android device, for iOS, just download uh, podcasts and you can search for saltwater in there. That will bring up my channels. And again, search for Sunlit. Or if you have an Android-based device, just search for Pocket Casts. And then from there, again, search for saltwater. My channels will come up and you can search for Sunlit there. And you'll see the basically the episodes that brought us to this point. And to to describe that in words, basically about 12 months ago, Mike set up a, uh, a sunlit tank in a sunroom with the goal of growing SPS corals under the sun from the skylights, you know, that, that kind of thing, right? And over these 12 months, basically he's had opportunities to kind of correct some issues. Um, call them disappointments, uh, whatever you want to call them. Um, problems, again, it's just one of those things where each one of those episodes kind of talks about what issue he had and what he tried to do to solve it. And basically this particular episode talks about now how he has got the ultimate tank that, you know, that he kind of really likes now as opposed to kind of like trying to solve the issues from before. And I think you'll find his solution to be relatively creative actually. Um, again, if you are new to reef keeping, like I said, you can go check out my over 200-ish videos out on, you know, those other kind of video sources. Or you can just go to AmericanReef.com, for example, and there are, you know, you can see the, the channels at the bottom of the, uh, the web page there. Uh, and lastly, if you're looking for what I consider one of the best fish foods on the planet, you can check out American Reef HPD by going to AmericanReefHPD.com. Again, rather than me talk about it, let's go see that tank. To the future. Last time we looked at this tank, it was a major disappointment. I couldn't figure out why. Well, actually, I know why. It was there was just just too much variability in the light for the SPS corals. Uh, looking as I, I've measured over the past few months, some weeks it's 1,200 for six days, two weeks. Then it's 200. Then it's 500. Then it's 1,400. 
So there's just too much variability in this tank for the SPSs to really do well. Most of them had browned out, and then what didn't brown out eventually bleached out when it got real bright for three weeks. So I have changed the entire dynamic of this tank in that I took all the corals out of the 70, which was a soft coral tank, and put them in here. And the colors have just really picked up. The health of the corals has picked up dramatically. I've augmented the Kessels with a couple reef bright strips, putting out the blue, which has really brought the colors up on everything. And I've made a couple other small fundamental changes. But all in all, this tank now is, is a joy to take care of because it's very simple. I do one water change on it a week because you don't have to be quite as meticulous as you are with a, soft, with a stony coral tank. Uh, it gets fed three times a day. I haven't put any really crazy fish in here, but there's a nice mix of stuff from rabbit fish, fairy wrasses, damsels, cardinal fish. Uh, it's a nice display. This room's really nice to sit in and watch this tank, particularly at night. And my neighbors love this tank because the blue light extends forever, particularly when there's snow behind us. Uh, you can literally see the blue lights two blocks away on the snow. So I'm sure they're not real pleased with that. But those are the breaks. But I'm, I'm not a total moron. I do have the lights go off at 11 o'clock at night, so I don't really want to blind them while they're trying to sleep. So the, the tank has done really well now that it, it is established. It's almost a year old. I think it's uh, 11 months now. I didn't really change anything other than shifting the coral mix over from predominantly SPS now to predominantly soft corals. It'll be interesting to see how they do over the summer. I'm assuming I'm probably going to have to put some shade cloth across it and bring down the light for a while. But for the most part, from September through May, I don't think there's going to be any difficulty with this tank. In addition to uh, shifting the coral mix over from soft to stonies, I've made a couple subtle yeah. changes in the tank. And that one, I put a, back, a black background behind it, which closed it off, but it's also made the tanks, or the corals stand out much more in the tank. So that has made a, a significant difference. It's also cut down on the morning sunlight coming in through the back wall, which was where I had a ton of algae, and which was where it was a real pain to get the algae out. But I've also uh, took the calerpa that was in the 70-gallon tank and put it in here, as there was no calerpa for the first year, and have it under 24-hour light. And as a result, I only have to clean the glass once a week, where before I was cleaning the glass every day, every other day at most, and I mean, it was covered and thick. Right. So now there's basically virtually no algae in this tank. And that's just from adding the calerpa into the tank. Okay, so remember last time when we taped, you were adding a lot more flow, hoping that that would kind of solve that algae issue. That really didn't solve the issue. All it did was make uh, different algaes grow. <laughs> yeah, now they really liked it. They, they really liked the good flow, so they were, they were happy, but... Adding the calerpa, adding it on a 24-hour cycle, and harvesting it, because I've already had to harvest it. It's only been in there for roughly for two months. I've already had to harvest it three times because it grows so fast in this tank. Obviously, even though the measurements were showing low phosphate and low nitrate, there was enough to stimulate rapid growth. Right. And now I have the calerpa competing with the microalgae in the tank. So it's much easier to maintain this tank. And so again, you had kind of the ecosystem miracle mud down there. Right. And so before you were using no calerpa. There was no calerpa in the tank for 10 months. Right. For the past two months, there's now been calerpa in the tank. And that's what right now, at least you've seen that difference as far as cleaning the glass and all that algae. Right, because I, I changed the lights and I changed the uh, coral mix earlier. That didn't change the uh, amount of algae on the glass. The only thing that has changed it, well, the other thing I did do, to be honest, is I moved the tunzes to the back mm -hmm. rather than on the front, uh, just to one, make the view a lot nicer. Yeah, yeah. And two, since I'm not really worried about how the stony or how the soft corals are moving, because they basically like flow wherever, 
and they sort of move around within the tank, it's much easier this way to clean the front glass and everything else. Right. I didn't realize how much easier it was going to be because now I don't have to do it as often. But, <laughs> and, uh, you know, as one of the rules is, the, more, the simpler things are to do, the more likely you are to do it. So it was a bear taking those out, scrubbing behind them, and putting them back. Now they're in the back and there's less algae, it's much easier to clean this tank. So I do it more often, and fortunately I haven't had to do it as often. Now you added that sea swirl, sea sweep in the back there. Right, there's a sea sweep in the back. And that didn't really help for as far as that algae as well, right? No, the, the, the flow is not going to change the algae. It did keep the detritus moving around, mm -hmm. and the detritus moves around and basically settles in the back because there's also a gyre on the right, right. that blows it over. But I have, the live rock is all mounted on big uh, walkway rocks. Right. So the, the dirt or the detritus tends to settle against one of the flat sides. Sure. So all I do when I do the water changes is go in with the tube, suck it all out, and pretty fast and easy, because uh, most of it blows away from inside the rocks. I still get some. I go in with a ball base and just blast right. that out, and then the water motion all moves it into one spot, and then I just siphon it off. And now, when you moved everything from the other tank, right, the tank that we originally did over to this one, right? Um, when you did that, was there anything special that you did, like as far as water to like? To it was. It was all the water. It was all the same water. I've used the same water system. I mean, it's it's all uh, instant ocean. It's all still same salinity. It was separate tanks, so you made sure a the salinity was good. Salinity was good. The temperature was good. The main difference was this gets obviously more light because it's in sunlight. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I also have what I think is a better skimmer on here, mm -hmm. which I'll show you. I have the Deltec skimmer on here, and this is basically what it has taken out in a week. Right. I mean, it looks like coffee. Right. And the Deltec versus the other one was a Vertex? It was a Vertex. This Deltec, right. for whatever reason, seems to take out more. Right, more. Right. But until somebody sends all the gunk you take yeah, yeah. and the skimmer to a lab and say this is what you're taking out this is the percentage right all i can say is this this tank has been cleaner and these corals have done better right and there's actually just as many fish in this tank as there were in the other tank and this tank gets fed three times a day right, right. so it's uh, from my point of view this is a, a much easier if you want to do a tank this is a nice simple way to right. do a tank right, right. uh the soft corals obviously are easier than the sps uh, the only thing I do for makeup water is I use evaporated water and Kalkwasser. I'm not adding anything else to this tank. I have no trace elements. Nothing else is added to this tank. And, I mean, you can see what the corals look like. Uh, and compared to the other tank where things were sort of just hanging on. But I, one, I attribute that to much better light here. And sunlight is still the best light you're going to get, even though this is going through glass. In combination with these blue reef brights, uh, this tank really sparkles. Okay, so let's get back to that tank move again. In other words, when you're a new hobbyist out there and you say, hey, listen, I'm going to go from my 90-gallon or my 75-gallon to my 200 and whatever, right? Right. What you did is you had a tank that was already set up, and you just made sure that your salinity, your temperature, what about your pH? Was the pH the same? pH was close. Okay. And then what about your calcium, alkalinity, and all that other sort of thing? My calcium alkalinity is all run over 400. Uh, alkalinity is always over 9. There isn't that much variability where I was going to worry about it. Like downstairs, I have had fluctuations where I've had the alkalinity go up to 15. Right. And I've lost things as a result because, as I, I wrote in Reef Builders, certain corals really don't like high alkalinity. Like chalices hate them. Uh, bottle brush acroporas don't hate, hate them, hate high alkalinity. There's a lot of things that don't like high alkalinity. So now I've stabilized things 9, 6, 9, 8, 10 max in all my tanks. 
And on Saturday mornings, I test all the tanks, so they're all pretty close. Mm -hmm. And then I, I tweak them if I need to by adding a little bit of magnesium right. or a little bit of calcium chloride or whatever I need to do to bring the, the levels up to where I want. But for the most part, they're all pretty stable. And you know, the reason I mention that is because you know, depending on who you talk to, what you read, and all that sort of stuff, they'll take half of the water from the original tank, add it to the new tank, and all that kind of stuff. And from my point of view, it was it's the same water. Right. It's the same water in the 300, the same water in the frag tank, same water in the 70. Now the new tank that I'm setting up is going to be different water, and I'm not going to mix those because right. one of the things that I have found is. If you switch from salt to salt, then you get sh shocked to the corals. Right. And I've done that in the past where I said, okay, I'm going to try this. And just switching out and doing a water change with a new type of salt has caused problems. But since this has all been with the same salt, I don't see that as being problematic. Right. Okay, so uh, getting back then to there. So this has been up for about two months? As far in, as in this salt. current incarnation? Yeah. Yeah, since the beginning of the year. Right. Okay. And so now we are at mid-March, end of March kind of thing. And um, have you seen more growth, less growth? Significantly more growth, significantly more polyp extension. I see things encrusting onto the rocks where before, basically things were just stable. They weren't really growing. Uh, the mushrooms are all out and open. Uh, at night, you can really see them pop. I mean, it's... Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't put my bounce mushrooms that are downstairs in this tank yet, but that will be the next step. That's when you know I know this tank's good right. when I move one of the bounce mushrooms up here. <laughs> And hopefully it will reproduce. And just for the viewers, how much does that bounce mushroom cost, Mike? Those bounce mushrooms are worth $1,500 a piece. Oh, is that all? Oh, $1,500? Well, the oh, same one that sold for $6,000. I have two smaller versions of it. Hold on, hold on. And for those of you who haven't watched Reef Builders and there's an addiction article or something like that, there you go. I didn't buy these. I was given these as a gift okay. before bounce mushrooms became the mushrooms to have. So they're, uh, yeah, they're pretty precious little commodities, which, you know, I, I still have a problem when a, a coral frag or a bounce mushroom is worth the price of all the equipment in your kitchen. Right, okay, right. I'm missing something here because, I mean, I don't have a wolf uh, range or a, a sub-zero. You know, should I trade these two and get that? Uh, it's a close call. That's right. So I get over my little my GE. Yeah, when you're deciding, should I buy this frag or should I get a new stove? Just for me, get the stove. Don't buy the frag. I mean, I, I'm single for a reason because I didn't make that distinction early on in my life. Now that I have, now hopefully if I find a good woman, I won't be saying, let's buy the frag instead of the stove. So, right. yeah, honey, you want the stove. Let's go crazy. That's right. So it's to do as I say, not as I do. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Okay, so we got a two-month update on the tank. You basically said that you added now the macroalgaes from the other tank. Right. It's, yep. it, it's uh, Calerpa taxifolia. Yep. It grows like a weed. Uh, this calerp is going into the other tank. Uh, hopefully, it'll take off there. And uh, when we when I talk about the new tank, I'll show you the things that I'm doing there that are a little bit different than here. Right. But this tank, if you want to do a beginner's tank, this is a 90-gallon, quote-unquote, sure. breeder's tank. It's lower to the ground. It's wider front to back. It gives you enough depth to where it looks like something. And you can put, from my point of view, a ton of stuff into it. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, there's still space in here, believe it or not. I mean, there's a few things I'm going to put in. I'm not adding any more fish. There's close to uh, 30 fish in this tank right now, which is kind of ridiculous. But they seemingly have done well. They've all been in here at least six months. So I haven't really added any fish. They're pretty stable. So, by the way, I have you on video as saying that, no, I'm not going to put that lightly stock this tank. No, that's what I'm doing in the other tank. Oh, okay. This, uh, this okay. tank, to me, is lightly stocked. You don't see... 
as crazy a fish as you do in my other tanks. So, but and they're also for the most part small fish. I don't have a really large dominant fish in here yet. Although I know when the, uh, the when the three uh, rabbit fish get big, I mean they'll get to be this big. They will not be in here when they're this big. So that will be a, another interesting episode of catching the rabbit fish out of this tank without getting poisoned to death. Yeah. No, you can see them over here. Yeah. There, yeah. There's three of them. They came in. They were about the size of a quarter. They've uh, quadrupled in size in a year. So hopefully that will be, not be the continuous trend. Uh, like when my kids were little, I tried not to feed them so they wouldn't grow. That didn't work. So we're <laughs> we're doing the same thing. I'm kidding. My kids are all over six foot two. So I fed them very well. I don't want to, people writing and saying he didn't feed his kids. <laughs> Uh, okay, so tank update says, yeah, you updated that. Um, the Kalkwasser, that's been your mainstay for how many months now? That's been since the beginning. Okay, so since the beginning, and that's that Tunzi. That's a Tunzi replenishment system where you just dump the Kalkwasser in the little container. And is there any Makes up for evaporation. You have, you have to take it out and clean it every now and then. I, I basically soak it in vinegar water because mm -hmm. that stuff does tend to... So it clumps up. Clumps up over time, over sure. every six months. Uh, the overflow, I still haven't added a second overflow, but every Saturday morning when I'm doing my usual chores, list of things to do is make sure the siphon is going. Last time when we were, let's for lack of a better term, fooling around with this tank and, and changing some of the parameters and some of the flow and things, the siphon stopped like on cue. And usually the siphon stops when you're on vacation, when you're leaving, Five minutes before you're trying to go to bed, the worst possible time. So now, and as a result, we could watch the water flowing up, and we've had a difficult time getting the siphon restarted. So it was, needless to say, not my finest moment of taping videos. <laughs> so, so but now, it's important. People learn. I mean, they, they... I learned. I learned how easily that is to go. So now every Saturday morning when I'm doing my measurements and my chores, one of the things I do is I basically make sure that that siphon is drawing water out of it. There's a little mini pump on the back that is constantly pulling water and air out to make sure that the siphon doesn't break. As long as I do that every Saturday, I've not had any problems. Right. So, as I said, if you do things regularly, keep a listing, and make it as simple as possible. I mean, keeping that siphon going basically means sucking on the siphon to make sure there's water flowing through it and there's no gunk. Occasionally, you do get a mouthful of gunk, which is not pleasurable, but it's algae. There's worse things that we've sucked into. Uh, on there. And you can always shove a little needle down there or whatever, you know. Yeah, but the, the I like to make sure there's clean, air going. Right? The, air, the end result is you want to make sure it's clean. Yeah. I mean, I have everything that has a, a potential to get sunlight and grow algae is covered out with black paper. So in that regard, I'm trying to keep stupid things from happening and that siphon from breaking. Because yep. when it breaks, the fl water flows up. And fortunately, or unfortunately, I've had water issues before in this house, so I have big, massive fans to dry it, but you're much better off just making sure the siphon works. There you go. And that's where if you get the second one, that way if one breaks, you'll have a backup. Yes, and I, I eventually will do that. It just has not happened yet. That's right. Okay, so... Because I'm taking up the extra real estate in the tank. Lesson learned there. Uh, again, uh, the, uh, the, the Tunzi calc... Uh, dispenser, you clean it every six months? Every six months I take it out, I soak it in warm water, I put vinegar water with it and watch everything sizzle and take off all the gunk. It's clean, throw out all the old Kalkwasser, which usually is like a big gunk, big ball of gunk in the bottom of it, and then it, it works fine. Okay, and then uh, skimmer-wise, you're using that down tank, you said that, that I clean that out every Saturday. I let this go uh, for an extra three days. So it's really impressive how much stuff it takes out of this tank. Right, right. 
this, like I said, this tank gets fed a small amount three times a day. The fish are all pretty fat and happy. Uh, there's even a red mandarin in here who's living off the copepods and stuff. So it, it's a, a, a nice, easy tank to maintain. So if you don't want to go nuts with an SPS tank, which, you know, everybody, that's yeah, the yeah, tank. Yeah. To me right now, this is an enjoyable tank. A lot of people like the motion. A lot of people like to watch the polyps moving. That's me. Yep. Uh, this is the tank to do it. I mean, the affiliates are all doing well now. I mean, everything is pretty much settled in. It's going to be interesting to see how much summer affects this tank yeah. again. Because now that it's a soft coral tank versus an SPS tank, I have had friends that have soft coral tanks under sunlight, and basically the corals grow up to the top of the water. So the next thing may be I may have to drop the rock levels down and let the corals grow yeah. even bigger. So that will also don't, not be a fun time, but it's not particularly difficult because everything is sort of drilled and mounted through. I'm going to just lift it off, take one rock out, drop it down, and it'll be six inches lower. And that'll be a good update for the next segment then, right? Yes. Closing remarks as far as this tank, right? Again, last time we talked, eh, a little bit fairly disappointed. Now I'm getting the, whoa, I'm not so disappointed now, right? Yeah, I, I've actually made it simpler. Uh -huh. I do one water change a month on this tank, roughly 10 gallons. So I do 10%, it's a roughly a 90 gallon tank and a 40 gallon sump. Uh, just feed the tank, mm -hmm. for to make up for evaporation, good flow, good lights. Right. I, I mean, if you want to do a simple tank, and you don't want to spend a gazillion dollars. I mean, soft corals are still relatively inexpensive. You don't have to start off with big colonies because they grow just as fast as SPS. Uh, I mean, you can leave some space and let things grow in. And a lot of people, particularly people that are just getting into the hobby or that aren't into the hobby, like this kind of tank because the colors now, it's not all brown right. soft corals like it used to be. There's lots of greens, there's lots of colors. Reds, purples, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of color. I mean, obviously it's not as brilliantly colored as an SPS tank. But in exchange for that, you get more motion within the corals. Uh, the corals are easier to maintain. They're less expensive. So this may be the ticket for a so, someone that doesn't want to go completely nuts into the hobby. So the question I have is, will you ever be trying SPS in an open sunlit world again? Is that still kind of a... I may stick a couple frags in here uh -huh. just to see, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to devote myself to this being an SPS tank. I'm really happy with this tank. Uh, all my friends and relatives that come over and sit in this room enjoy this tank. Uh, none of them are into the hobby. So from my point of view, this has accomplished what it wants. It fits into the room nicely. It looks very nice. The blue light annoys the neighbors who don't talk to me. So, <laughs> so it's a win all the way across yeah. the board. No, I'm just teasing my neighbors. My neighbors are all very nice, but I'm, I'm sure this blue light annoys them. They just are too nice to say anything. So it's, but it, it, it's a nice looking tank from my point of view. I mean, I hadn't done a serious right. soft coral tank for a while. I mean, the tank in there was a soft coral tank, but it wasn't, from my point of view, serious in that I wasn't adding anything. It was just hanging on because I knew I was going to replace it. Now that I have this in its stead, yep. I'm looking for odd soft corals to put in here. Uh, Zoes go in here and do very well. Uh, there's clams in here. The euphilias are in here. 
all the leathers and sinularias, right. uh, this weird star pulp. Yeah, I mean, there's, unfortunately, that's a star pulp that hasn't gone berserk like a lot of star pulps do and cover right. the tank. Right. So I've liked that. There's a zini in the back that also hasn't covered the tank. So I'm looking for things that are colorful, move in the water flow, but don't totally dominate the tank. I don't want this to be a one species yep. tank. Yeah, exactly. Good deal. So thanks for the time on this update, and we'll come back to this one probably, we'll say about six months. Sounds good.